This is Suris FM on 105.7 Broadcasting in the East Rand Mashallah, Mashallah, Jumma Mubarak. A brilliant uh, moment uh, with you on uh, Sirius FM this morning. Uh, really enjoying your company with the Double Dose uh, and the second edition of the Double Dose coming up with uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. And before we get to that, uh, remember our WhatsApp number on uh, Marka Sahaba, on, I mean, on Sirius FM. <laughs> Why are making me tongue-tied here, Yusuf? Our, yeah, because of the, the numbers. Yusuf gave them the number too. Yeah, that station. Yusuf, uh, yeah, our own Yusuf. Yusuf gave it to Mufti AK. They, he gave them the number. Our serious FM number is 084-786-3720. Yusuf, why you did that? You got me like confused here. But uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith, it's time for your quickfire Q&A. How are you feeling now, Mufti? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi Yes, Shivat, a very short break in uh, the second segment for this morning, alhamdulillah. So as you said earlier, back to back, you know, so uh, we just make sure that Allah is affording us the opportunity so that uh, we can benefit from the people and the people can benefit from us. Well, uh, there's a, uh, yeah, that one there, Yusuf, yeah, I'll take this. It says, Salam, Shafat, please share with uh, all the Mufti Sahabs on all platforms. We have a Muslimah singing a song and preaching all and a sundry that we must not complain and be grateful because we have so much while Palestinians struggle. Sure, we know, Apas, but what they see actually, what they, what they are actually saying is, see me, look at me, I am so rich and blessed and comfy, but still I feel for the poor. They are sensationalists. Sensationalizing self-perceived spiritual piety. They must keep quiet now. We don't have time for their songs from Sisters Bond in Kauteng. What's going on there, Mufti? Uh, yes, you know, so uh, the sister expressing her views now is no time for dance and song and all of these type of things. You know, it's time for action. And uh, those who are superior, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blessed with wealth, Thinking they are superior, they shouldn't look down upon those people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, kept wealth away from. So Allah might give one more knowledge and the other person more wealth, and that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala balances the system. So, uh, no, I mean that, you know, but uh, staying away from songs and dancing and uh, and all of these other un Islamic things, you know, that weakens a person's iman, uh, that is what uh, we have been commanded to do in Sharia. So uh, we totally uh, agree with uh, the sentiments of the Sister G. Yeah, Bafsi, there's so many questions. I'll let you read the next one there. There's it is smiling at you. There's one that says that I'm living in a Shafi country. So, uh, you know, and this person was probably is a Hanafi. So uh, in the Shafi Madhab, uh, the Salatul Asr is read earlier than in the Hanafi Madhab. So what should this person do? This person can still read his Asr Salah in Jama'ah with the Shafi people. And in according one view, it will be considered as valid. There's uh, no harm in that he will still get the reward of Reading Salah in a Jama'ah as well, G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. The ICJ proceeding started. So what's next, Mufti? I think we all know what is next, uh, Shafat. Most probably uh, they will be asked to desist and to stop within a certain period of time. Uh, what is even more astonishing is uh, that uh, as the proceedings were were continuing yesterday, they still managed to kill a couple of hundred people. So that shows complete disdain and impunity. 
So uh, there's, uh, I, I don't have much hope in uh, all these uh, Kufar secular court systems, you know. Uh, it's not like they're going to go and arrest uh, Netanyahu and his entire cabinet uh, and uh, take them to court, uh, take them to book for for, uh, for genocide and uh, war crimes against humanity. So uh, it is a, a legal debate, and uh, Israel is not going to leave it like this. Uh, they're going to take action against South Africa, sanctions, boycott, whatever faulty thing they can do to destabilize. I'm saying this openly, people, to destabilize our country, to depreciate our currency. That uh, is all part of the plan now. Because once you make uh, enemies or you become enemies of the Zionist apartheid state of Israel, then you must record yourself on the books of doom. So that is what they're going to do. They're going to ch- challenge everything. And then America has brushed it aside, saying no, that uh, uh, the South African delegation that went there and presented all these facts, that uh, these are unfounded. Now, facts are called unfounded. So you have the big father there covering up for the illegitimate child. So uh, from there, we can take our cue what will be happening next week. Yeah, I wonder where the bricks can come in here. Maybe they can put a brick or a barrier. Uh, or, or start throwing bricks at them, uh, you know, start stoning them. Uh, do what the Sharia says, like how we de- deal with adulterers. Uh, this is what we should be do- uh, doing to the entire cabinet. Line them up and uh, throw them with bricks until they uh, they are sent to the Akhraji. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hey, what we said, Zionists. Leave those, leave those care, our children alone. Uh, is a tax evasion permissible, Mufti Saab? So, uh, South, Af- uh, South Africa is a country, an oppressive country. We have an oppressive government, Sifat, that is taxing us to death completely. You know, sugar tax, emission tax, uh, income tax, personal tax, uh, general tax, and property tax, and so many different types of taxes. And yet the taxes are not being channeled and used in the avenue where it is supposed to be used, and it is the empowerment of the people, the fixing of roads, the building of infrastructure, uh, building of hospitals, service delivering, all of those things. Uh, if uh, the money uh, that was collected for tax, uh, if it has been used properly, properly and uh, managed appropriately, then of course uh, there wouldn't be harm in uh, paying taxes. But where it is possible for you to evade tax, there's nothing wrong with that in Islam. As long as you are not being caught, I'm saying that also openly, as long as you are not being caught uh, out, you know, and disgrace yourself uh, in the process, uh, then uh, wherever you can avoid and uh, deal underhand, then it is uh, what you can do because you're giving your taxes to a government who will use it against you, who will enrich themselves, who will steal uh, all the money, etc. All of these things they are busy doing, it is there, it is uh, public knowledge. And uh, so, yes, uh, do it uh, as long as you can get away with it. Uh, Mufti Saab, what is the status of uh, Salah Rahib on the first uh, Juma in Rajab, Mufti? So, yes, so, so this is a particular Salah where people, uh, I think most probably they read it after Maghrib, a certain amount of raka'ats and a certain types of surah they read in there and uh, making a tasbih in it, etc., all of these things. So this is uh, one of the worst type of bid'ah that a person can find. And uh, Imam Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, you know, the illustrious Shafi scholar, he also alluded to that, he stated it in his uh, in his works, that this is one type of bid'ah people should abstain from. A bid'ah we should abstain from as much as possible, you know. Uh, but this particular thing was an innovation uh, that was innovated uh, in order to mislead the people. So uh, the people who innovated uh, these things, uh, they actually did more harm to themselves instead of doing harm uh, to uh, the ummah. But then you find people coming across booklets and leaflets, etc., and reading that you'll be getting so much tawab and reward 
for something which is completely unfounded in Islam. So there's no proof of it. So uh, we ask, in a, we, we uh, you know, uh, inform the public to stay away from these type of innovations. G. Yeah, Mufti. My uh, computer is just telling me, hold it now, man. Hold it. I said, not hold it. We have to talk. <laughs> now, uh, what about Salatul Tazbi, uh, Mufti Saab? That is a, there's a, a, a hadith for that, you know, the authenticity of that hadith is also disputed amongst the ulama, but nevertheless, there is hadith and that falls under, under fadail, uh, under virtuous acts. So if, uh, in Islam, if there is a, a hadith, even, even though it is, uh, uh, weak, uh, you know, and, uh, it is used for, uh, virtuous purposes for meaning that, uh, you get so much sawab for dhikr or for dilawat or for fasting, etc., like that, as long as there is uh, that, uh, weak hadith, then that can still be used as a, uh, a hadith to practice upon. So there's nothing wrong with Salatul Tasbih. People can read Salatul Tasbih, you know, because there is a reference of that uh, in the hadith. So that is the difference between a weak hadith and uh, between something that has been fabricated. Something that has been fabricated is called Maudu, and uh, that has absolutely no place in Islam, G. Okay, so I read you with Daif there, Mufti. Daif is actually the Arabic word for weak, yes. So weak has a lot of different categories, Shafat, and then you have to point out where's the weakness. Is it in the actual text, uh, the wording of Rasulullah, or is it in the chain of narrators, you know, the information that leads us to, to the actual text? So sometimes people just quote weak, but sometimes you'll find many, many different weak hadith with the same context, and uh, that will strengthen one another, and that will be recategorized to a category called, category called Hassan. Uh, you know, so Hassan Ghairi means actually that uh, it has been upgraded to a status of being uh, accepted in good. Hey, man, the light here, I read so many Sadatul Tazbi. Hey, that one uh, Musani we told all, we me. All, we all hey. did, you know. And inshallah, yeah, we'll be rewarded. We'll be rewarded for this. Hey, you got me like, hey, man, I'll, what happened there? Anyway, Allah will reward us. Can, can Mufti mention a few virtues of fasting during Raja Mufti Saab? Now, here, Shafat, here we're going to deal with fabricated hadith. So the scholars of hadith, they mention, and even Ibn Rajab mentions in his Latayful Ma'arif, that uh, all of the hadith associated with fasting during the month of Rajab, remember, it's Rajab now, so all of the hadith that you will see that will be going around on social media, uh, posters will be sent out by people, etc., that will get this reward and that reward, fasting on the 27th of Rajab, this and that, you know, so all of those ahadith are fabricated. Fabricated meaning that it is a lie upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He never said so. He never advocated it. He never did it himself physically. And neither did he acknowledge its existence. So so people, they lie either for Rasulullah or they lie against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa These are the two types of liars that you get out there. So I'm asking you again, uh, respected public and listeners out there, that when you do receive any content like this, that please do not forward it because you become complicit in a crime. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Whomsoever lies upon me intentionally, let him build his seat uh, in the middle of Jahannam in another narration, you know. So if, uh, a person who fabricates these things and send it out and forward it as many times as possible, so all these fabrications, people should abstain from. There's another one coming your way, Shafat, that whoever gives us news of the first of Rajab or first of Shaban or first of, uh, of, of Ramadan 
to the people that Allah will give him so much and so much reward. And whosoever denies it, that Allah will deny him in front of uh, Rasulullah on the day of Qiyamah. So these are all fabrications against, and uh, fabrications, I mean, lies upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The people who conscripted these things, they are all confounded liars, you know. So Allah will deal with them severely in the year after G. Uh, yes, uh, Mufti, as you see what's coming through there, there's a message there. He's, uh, he's telling Shafat, you don't read me. Mufti must read me. Read it, Mufti. <laughs> yes, uh, so this message uh, says, you know, that uh, can uh, a spouse uh, uh, ask uh, for a uh, 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 proposal? You meaning uh, 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 the message is just blurring here on uh, on my screen. Mufti, Mufti, wait, wait, I'll, I'll do it for you. He says, Salam, yeah. do the family of a potential wife have the right to ask the suitor at the time of proposal about his salary <laughs> and exactly how much <laughs> how much uh, he earns? He can lie and say, hey, I'm a lani. <laughs> he can lie, he can make fake papers, he can make a fake pay slip, he can do so many things. You know, we're all living in the age of uh, deception and de- uh, deceiving. So uh, you have the right to ask if the person is working. That is your right to ask, but there's no need to be personal because he can turn around and ask you the same thing. So uh, if you want to secure your daughter's future by asking such questions, then remember happiness is not based on wealth. Yes, there should be in the Hanafi mother, there should be kuf, you know, uh, equal, uh, they should be equal in a status and a rank, etc. But uh, uh, going now that way, Shivata, that is a little bit more personal, you know. So uh, if the person doesn't earn 10,000, the figure that you had in your mind, then most probably you're going to turn down that uh, proposal. So before you look at wealth and income, you should look at deen first, fatfar bidati deen for women, and likewise for men, because you're not going to get married to a person for his wealth. His wealth Allah can take away tomorrow. You're going to get married to a person who will be the father of your children and who will be the imam of your household, who will lead your family at the end of the day. And our wealth can corrupt. We've seen it so many times over and over again. So yes, you can ask that if the person is employed, that is your duty because you must be able to take care of your daughter. But uh, don't be too personal uh, when it comes to these type of things, G. Yeah, imagine that guy say, hey, what are you asking me? Allah gives me a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allah, we leave it at and that. It's still blank. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Mufti. Now, which is a better option to protect my child's Islam, homeschooling, or Islamic school? Mufti? So, uh, Shafat, you know, you have to protect, protect your child's Islam, your child's aqidah, your child's belief. Your child should know the attributes of Allah. Law, your child should, should know all of these things, you know. So homeschooling would be a better option if uh, because there you can screen the teacher. Uh, you can look at the dress code of the teacher and uh, you can look at the mannerism and decorum of the teacher. All of these things you can uh, do before you employ such a person. So you know exactly who's dealing with your children. When you send your child to an Islamic school, then there's a board that decides who teaches. So sometimes these teachers are not even up to standard or, 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 or well-equipped, you know. Uh, although sometimes they might have the certification to prove that. And uh, the, like I always say, you know, that uh, there is um, uh, schools with Islamic names, but hardly you'll find a proper Islamic school where there is true, genuine Islam, because uh, they mix it with secularism. And at the end of the day, the secularism get, uh, studies get more uh, uh, impetus and, uh, uh, than uh, what you, you get your Islamic studies. So my option would be, my advice would be that the private homeschooling would still be the best G. Yes, uh, Mufti Saba. Mufti, did uh, Saudi turn Medina into a tourist attraction for non-Muslims or non-Muslims? 
Yes, it is a tourist attraction of very, very sadly. Imagine the cover of the Rauda of Rasulullah Sallam just there. And then you have uh, the other day we had a few people, Indutva people going there. And uh, when I went there in uh, in 2019, I saw with my own eyes. I saw uh, that uh, tourists, you know, uh, the females also with shorts and uh, short sleeves standing there and taking pictures uh, just a couple of meters away from the haram. So I don't know what is happening in Saudi right now. They're giving the Muslims a tough time and a difficult time, but they're opening up to the rest of the kafir world. So this is when you have corrupt leaders in place, Shafat, that uh, thinks nothing of Islam. And I remember that uh, we're speaking about the seat of Islam. It is also heading the destruction of Islam. This is what is happening in in, uh, in Saudi right now. So uh, we should voice out uh, our opinion. You know, we should speak out against these things. I believe there was a buzz on social media the other day when uh, an incident happened like this. So it, Alhamdulillah, Allah uh, to reward all those people who participated in refuting the Saudi regime uh, for allowing this uh, calamity and atrocity to happen on sacred ground Z. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. I have a friend who has a wonderful family and good life. I'm jealous of him, but more in the sense that I want to be like him. I do not wish ill on him or his family. I make lots of du'as for him and for me too. Is this wrong? Is this the type of a jealousy haram? How do I fix it? Is it wrong? Or how no, do I fix it, is, it wrong? Uh, yes, uh, so remember there's two types of jealousy. One is called hazard and one is called ghibta. So hazard is sometimes used in the meaning of ghibta. Hazard means when you desire a favor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon another Muslim, you desire its removal, you desire Allah takes it away, and Allah should not bless him. That is called hazard. Then ghibta is when you desire the same favor that Allah has bestowed upon that person, you desire it for yourself. So that is uh, uh, permissible and commendable also in Islam, you know. So like, for example, that hadith, la hasada illa fi there's no jealousy except in two things, you know, rajunu atahullah umalan, that a person whom Allah has given wealth, and he spends it secretly and openly, day and night for the pleasure of Allah. And secondly, a person whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted the Qur'an, he becomes hafiz al-Qur'an, and then uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses him, you know, he stands up for tajud and he practices upon that. So in that hadith, the word hazard is mentioned, but not in the context of hazard, uh, the jealousy which is condemned in Islam. The first one that I've mentioned, this is called ghibta, where you desire a similar that you uh, driving a GTR uh, uh, R35, for example, uh, uh, Shafat. So I, I also desire that I want one like that, you know, or you're driving a G- <laughs> uh, 60 or G63 wagon, the Pope wagon. Uh, you know, yes, uh, your dream car, Yusuf, uh, don't worry that the UAE is full of that, you know. Or the G63S, uh, uh, you know, uh, ivory with uh, ox blood leather. So you seeing your brother driving that, so you also want one, I also want one. You know, we make the Allah grant us, uh, that's all our dream car. So there's nothing wrong with that, that you can do, G. Yeah, so you want to be on uh, high speed, naughty guys. <laughs> now, Mufti... <laughs> Very high octane. Uh, whose uh, responsibility is it to, to provide provide for a divorced wife? Uh, so that the responsibility is the responsibility of her husband. So the husband should take care of her while she is under her idda period. When her idda period uh, completes and then uh, she is on her own, she can either find a job or she can get married. Uh, if the husband does not support uh, Shafat or he went AWO, etc., and uh, there's no trace of him, then it becomes the responsibility of her uh, uh, children. If she's unable to work and she's a bit senior, et cetera, then her children, uh, you know, both are male and females, uh, they should share the responsibility in taking care of uh, their mother, meaning that they uh, take from your nafaka 
and uh, not the card now we speak about your your dealer funds whatever you have left your surplus etc and uh, share that with your mother g my husband passed away while i am pregnant does my unborn child inherit from the estate yes your unborn child will inherit uh, when it comes to matters relating to inheritance we should be very very careful not to deny any recipient the rightful recipient that he is or her a rightful share of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, allocated for them. So in this case, the unborn child uh, will inherit, and the uh, best is to delay uh, the, the distribution of the estate until the child is born. Remember, Shafat, that uh, the share that has been allocated to the child, uh, the sex of the child will have to be determined first. So if it is a boy, then the boy will get double the share, and if it is a girl, then uh, the girl will get uh, one share, you know, don't rely on scans and uh, all these things, ultrasound, etc., where the doctor tells you before and it's a boy and then it pops out it's a girl. And then you've already distributed uh, the inheritance. You have to rectify it afterwards. Wait until you've given physical delivery of the child and then uh, distribute uh, the estate of the late husband, G. Mufti, with uh, so many Hajj operators accredited, one would uh, think uh, prices would uh, drop, uh, Mufti, but that is not the case. Any input? Uh, that's wishful thinking, Shavad, that uh, we've never seen bread, uh, the cost of bread coming down ever. We've never seen things coming down. You see petrol coming down five cents and going up 50 rand and two rand, etc. You know, so, so many, I was shocked also to see so many Hajj operators uh, being accredited and uh, that uh, was supposed. And we only have a limited uh, allocation of people that can go for Hajj. So that is supposed to make the competition quite stiff. But on the contrary, uh, I don't know, but it looks like uh, this, uh, they're all in cahoots. Uh, they, uh, they could be uh, what they call, you know, uh, we have to speak to the uh, competition commission as well and uh, to see that uh, if they're not in uh, colluding with one another in price fixing. Because if you look at the packages, it's almost similar. So I can't understand that, how they're operating. Uh, because now you don't have four or five operators. You have almost every two operator. Uh, people only used to specialize in Umrah. They're also taking people for Hajj, you know. So people should be careful if you're booked with an accredited uh, operator that uh, you bear the, uh, the, the brunt of uh, what the, the outcomes of that will be uh, if you are, are taken for a ride like that incident or where people were left now, 32 people, 36 people, stranded in Cape Town, and that guy doesn't even want to come back to South Africa because uh, the people couldn't go for Umrah. So be careful out there, people. It's your hard-earned money. You only get one chance to perform Hajj most likely in your lifetime, and you've saved up for it. You know, go with a reputable uh, organization, a reputable agency that will take care of your needs, and uh, also someone that is reasonable. And remember that cheap is not always the best option. You end up sometimes paying double instead of uh, paying what you have paid for G. Mufti, come here. Look at that. Oh, he's a cool operator. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Mufti, can a female undergo cupping during her menses? So cupping uh, will be regarded as a medical procedure because it is bloodletting. We're letting out uh, dirty blood. We're letting out, you know, blood that uh, is uh, causing harm to the body. So it will fall under medical procedures. So just as we allow her to go for medical procedure uh, to the hospital whilst uh, she's uh, having a menstrual, menstrual period, uh, it will be permissible for her to do cupping also whilst uh, she's undergoing through a, a monthly period, you know. So when we make yes and a logical deduction of the two, then you will find it it is, it is the same cause. So, yes, it is permissible for her to go for for cupping whilst in that uh, condition, G. My uh, cousin uh, committed a suicide. Can I still make a dua of forgiveness for him, or should I refrain? Okay. 
Yes, so suicide, you know, it's uh, something that should be condemned uh, because a person has taken uh, his own life, uh, something which is sacred, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted him. So his punishment and whatever Allah will do with him, that will be on the day of Qiyamah. But we as believers, we as the Ummah, we can still make dua because even though that person committed suicide, he did not leave the fold of Islam. Uh, he's still considered as a Muslim and he will be a sinner, considered a fasik also. So uh, with all those titles in place, he is still a Muslim and Allah will deal with him. We can make dua for every Muslim and any Muslim that has passed away. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him, uh, you know, maghfirah and forgiveness and rahmah, mercy, etc. So there's nothing wrong with that. Anyone who tells you uh, that it's not permissible to make dua for such a person, first he has to prove to you that that person did not die upon Islam. That person died as a Muslim perhaps. And uh, he was just a sinner, so make dua for that person also, G. Mufti Sahaba, powerful session indeed. And uh, perhaps your parting words uh, this morning. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy, Shafat. May people benefit. It's so big to be on the Q&A on Friday, you know. That people have been asking me, so I told them that, uh, that we uh, took a short break uh, over the city season. And uh, now we're back in full swing, inshallah. So people can send in their questions. One brother from Morocco also asked me that uh, when is it resuming? So most probably he'll be sending in his questions as well. So from across the globe, people are sending in their questions. They're most welcome. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our mufti Ibrahim Smith. And big jazakallah khairan to all the listeners for sending in your questions. Uh, Yusuf Asmal as uh, usual powerful engineering and keeping us all uh, buoyant. Keep it locked on uh, to Sidious uh, FM for beautiful programming. Uh, the spiritual hour will come up and also uh, uh, Mufti A.K. Hussein will be giving uh, the uh, Kutba, uh, the translation of the Kutba from the Holy Lands. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.